Hello and welcome to the Lumped Up Universe. And I'm here with Rocket Mike, and it's um, June 23, Sunday. Mm-hmm. And we are live from the International. Yeah. And we're doing the um, part two of the Iggy Pop. We did the Stooges, and now we're doing Iggy Pop. And we also got a special uh, correspondent, uh, Phil. What's up, guys? Hey. How you doing today, Phil? I'm good. How was, how was your week so far? It was, it was all right. Last night was like a little slow. You know, but autos, autos, autos yeah. But like, yeah. Hopefully, this is not coming. It will be good. So, guys, before we start, um, how was the show you guys went to? Oh, oh excellent! Uh, we saw uh, Toots and the Maytals Tuesday night over at the Brooklyn Bowl, and uh, I had a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I mean, they, Toots has been around for fifty years. Guy invented the word reggae. Right. Okay. And uh, his music is a reggae ska kind of sound. Um, I mean, Monkey Man was no, yeah, that, was I, that was awesome, that was great. you know. And uh, it was fun going with you, Phil. Yeah, we had, we had, we had, yeah, we had a good time. You, we were fun. really into it. You yeah. jumping around, boots and braces, boots and braces, scaring everybody. Yeah, yeah, and scaring the, the the Williamsburg folk. Yeah, but I had a lot of fun. That was it was good. The, the energy that Toots still has. Yeah, I, I kind of like his. Um, the way they kind of like sped up the songs, they had like a James yeah. Brown. Right, you do like a that. like a James Brown ending. Yeah, you know, and a lot of songs speed it up, and you know, yeah, those two girls, by the way, are his nieces. The back yeah, of the and, yeah. His, and his son was the bass. Yeah, yeah. So. <clears throat> All right, so let's get started here. I'm drinking my Bloody Mary, getting going here. Talk about the so, Stooges. So where'd you guys leave off at from? From the, from the we, 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 we left off with uh, well, we got into the Stooges reunion, but we're gonna go back in time now to '74. And uh, the, the Stooges broke up after Raw Power. And they went their separate ways. Uh, really, they, they, they just couldn't keep it together. Drug problems. Drugs a lot of heroin going on, especially with Iggy. Uh, after they broke up, he hooked up with James Williamson and started doing some recording. And this would end up being uh, the Kill City project, but it wouldn't be released for a couple of years. Okay. But, it was a lie, right? No, 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 there was no live stuff with that. That was all like, uh, you know, in the studio, just the two of them. Real good stuff, I love that album. Anyway, um, you know, Iggy's heroin problem was out of control and he knew he needed some help. So in those days, there really weren't drug clinics and stuff like you have now. So he checked himself into the uh, UCLA UCLA Neuropsychiatric Institute. Yeah, but that basically was like, 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 an, yeah. as, like an asylum, basically, yeah, yeah. okay? 1976, <laughs> uh, right? Uh, about 70, yeah, 75, something like that. And Bowie was his visitor. Right, Bowie, Bowie was one of his only friends that, that came to visit him and there. you know why. <laughs> I know you're going to go there. You know why. <laughs> David was blowing fucking Iggy. All right. Those two guys did. It's pride. It's pride. It's hey, okay. Well, it's pride must. We can talk about <laughs> I it. I know yeah. you know I hate to think about it, but, you know, yeah, I guess it happened. I don't know. I'm telling you, that movie was based on a real story. Yeah, yeah. Velvet Goldmine. Velvet yep. Goldmine's a great movie. Okay. So, um, uh, you know, they, they discussed the working together, and uh, Bowie took Iggy on... Um, on uh, his station to station, station tour to station, in '76, yeah. which impressed Iggy a lot. Yeah, yeah, he was he was impressed by um, Bowie's work ethic and what went on. It was a very professionally done tour, right. and he got a chance to really see the world a little bit on that tour. There's yeah. a lot of places he had never been to before. Funny thing is, in in '76, in March of '76, the two of them get arrested uh, in yeah, Rochester. Yeah, yeah, for they get a, for for marijuana possession, yeah. and uh, you can see those mug shots online. It's pretty funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Charges will be dropped. It was no big deal. As at that point, that they both decided to move to West Berlin. Okay, in '76, and uh, they needed to get away from. They needed to get away. From, they were trying to get clean, but you know what? I never understood about that. They were saying they were trying to get clean. Why go to Berlin? That was always... I don't know what... like the heroin know. capital they're, they're, of... But the drugs then, you can But they were trying to get clean. Yeah. So why there's go a, where, you know... There's a really good book called Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell. It's called The Dangerous Glitter of, of David Bowie, Blue Reed, Nicky Pop. Yeah, it's written by Dave Thompson. Did you read that book? No, but I'm aware of it. I, I was yeah. looking for it because I wanted to uh, purchase it for it? you to, to yeah. read the book. Oh, yeah. But like, I would I highly recommend Get It. And they talked how... I don't know what... Put to what made Bowie like you know let's go to Berlin, but I think it was a good decision for both of them, right? Because of what would come out 
from their careers, from their records and all that. Oh, I mean, that would be their some of their best material yeah. that they ever they ever released. Hey, um, so, raise your voice a little bit because yeah, you have okay. a low voice. All right, sorry. <laughs> yeah, voice is hoarse. But um, so yeah, so they go to Berlin. They they move in together. They live together. Yeah, and then. Um, Patrice, a bunch of women, probably, probably, probably. <laughs> and then they, um, and maybe a bunch and, of dudes. And, 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 and funny, f- funny thing is, that one of their favorite things to do was watch Starsky and Hutch on a Thursday night. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So then, Huggy Bear, Iggy, Huggy Bear. <laughs> Iggy Pop starts working on an album called The Idiot, right? That Bowie helped produce, and it became a, a fucking amazing from beginning to end. Yeah. And, uh, well, it was the, the two albums that came out in 77. He signed up with RCA. RCA. And uh, they released The Idiot first and then Lust for Life That's second. Uh, to me, and, and the, these albums to me are really one album. They're almost like a double album. And because they came out the same year, it's just such a unique sound. They were recording it in Berlin. They got, something was down that they got, you know, out of that whole thing. Right. Well, The Idiot for me, and, and, and David Bowie plays, you know, where he, he toured with him yeah, when, he, when he, did. he did the show yeah, over his, his live you know yeah. shows of, of The Idiot and it's such a a really good song from from the beginning to end one of my favorite ones uh, Dum Dum Boys Dum Dum Boys with uh, Bowie yep. doing backup vocals uh-huh. and then they did Lust for Life and uh, I remember Lust I saw this life. I saw this interview with Iggy Pop that when he was in Berlin that he, he was reading a lot of Jim Morrison poems an and interesting thing you mentioned Jim Morrison uh, I think I forgot to mention this last week. <clears throat> During the Stooges' time, um, uh, Morrison's wife, a widow, Pamela, Pamela, uh, found out that Iggy was like a huge Morrison fan, and he he gave uh, she gave him a bunch of his clothes. Oh, that's okay. Sweet. Wow. And there's 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 an actual uh, some video footage. I think I posted on my Facebook yesterday of him wearing Morrison's brown leather pants. That's awesome. Now, the, the other sick part of this story is that supposedly Iggy sold almost everything except those leather pants for drugs. Oh, shit. So somebody's, somebody in somebody's basement has some Jim Morrison yeah, clothes some... somewhere, you know. But during those, uh, those two albums, they were, they were putting a great band together. They got, um, believe it or not, Soupy Sales Kids. Yeah. Okay, comedian Soupy Sales. Had two sons, uh, Hunt Sales on guitar and Tony Fox Sales played bass. Uh, they were good they, musicians. They were very good musicians, and they would actually be. I, I would see them years later in uh, Tin Machine, you know, mm-hmm. with, with Bowie. Bowie. So they were around for a while. I don't know if they still play anymore. I haven't heard from them in a long time. But that lineup with those two albums was amazing. Um, they also had some other musicians in there: uh, Carlos Alomar on guitar, uh, Dennis Davis on drums, George Murray on bass, and Bowie was playing keyboards and giving the backing vocals, like yeah. you said, on those two. Um, think about the songs on the, these two these two albums, China Girl, great which they co-wrote, great album. they co-wrote they together. co-wrote together. Yeah. I love okay. that song. Uh, I like uh, Iggy's version. Iggy's version better. is a little yeah. bit better. It's better, but we'll get into Bowie's but version. But David Bowie's version is not was, fucking it bad. It was, no, it's not it's bad. Tremendous. It was hugely popular. Yeah. Uh, Sister Midnight's one of my Sister favorites. Sister Midnight's good. Midnight. Yeah. Which and here's here's an interesting thing. So um, I saw Iggy Pop at Carnegie Hall. It was a Philip Glass kind of like Tibetan thing he does every yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. So it He's was into that. And on the bill was the New Order, Iggy Pop, Patti Smith. And when New Order came out, they did like one New Order song, and then Iggy Pop comes out, hmm. and then they start singing Joy Division songs. Oh wow! Iggy Pop starts singing Joy Division songs with New Order. And then they do Sister Midnight together. <laughs> Which Joy Division song did he do? They did Love Will Tear Us Apart right. and... Um, I could hear him singing And that. Transmission. Great song. And then it, uh, Transmission. You, you, yeah, uh, Joy Division song. covered Sister Midnight. So then yeah, they, 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 did did. That, yeah. they did that together. And that was, that was amazing. That's great. That was amazing. I wish I would have seen that. I wish I would have... What year was that? That was 2014. Oh. Yeah, it was okay. really good. Okay. Um, so anyway, Bowie um, and him are writing these kick-ass songs. Yeah, and, and 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 you know this would come into play much later with Bowie when he released Let's Dance and, and stuff. Right. We'll we'll get into Let's that. Let's dance. That's... Um, 19... Oh, my favorite song, Young what American. Would... Young Americans. <laughs> Iggy wasn't involved with that no, one. But... Iggy was in, in, involved with Low though. Mm-hmm. He did backing vocals for yeah. Low. Yeah, and oh, yeah. Lodger too, maybe. I don't, I don't know about Lodger. Yeah, I know he did did some stuff with Low. Mm-hmm. Um, 
did you ever see the footage of, of, of Iggy on the Dinah Shore show? No. With, with Bowie? It's like live, you know, them playing. Bowie's yeah. on keyboards. And the two of them go on the couch and talk with Dinah Shore. Yeah. And, and Iggy's got what, like two teeth yeah, missing his in his mouth? Yeah, his teeth are missing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, she's like, what's good? Well, actually, no, it's him on the couch and Iggy and David Bowie's... <laughs> Kind of in the, the background. Band. Yeah, he's in the background. And then she, and she goes, like, what inspires you? And he goes, like, you know, like, razors, like, you know, yeah. electric razors. Yeah. And you can yeah. just see Bowie cracking up. Yeah, yeah he's like just that. laughing. It's a yep. really good show, good, yep. good interview. Definitely, definitely. Okay, so they, they toured heavily behind these two records for a couple of years. But in 1979, uh, Iggy was getting sick and tired of, of uh, RCA. He felt that they yeah. didn't uh, really promote him enough. He released that TVI live album, live album which yeah. is a great album. Bowie's on keyboards on that. Uh, basically, it was those two albums and some studio songs thrown in. And um, he moved over to Arista at that point. They signed him. And he releases New Values, which is one of my favorite solo albums from mm -hmm. him. Uh, the title track has always been one of my favorites, too. Uh, that album was produced by James Williamson. He brought him back from the Stooges. And uh, it was probably... Meant to be almost like a throwback to the Stooges kind yeah. of kind of sound. Um, unfortunately, it didn't sell really good in the states, but it was a big hit in New Zealand and Australia. Mm -hmm. And at the time, you know, punk was big in Australia, and a lot of the punk bands like the Saints and the um, Radio Birdman. They, they, Radio, Radio Birdman, Birdman got that yeah. name from a from a Stooges song. Yeah. Okay, um, but uh, he ended up going down there doing a little short tour. Yeah, why not? If you're selling your yeah, record, you're selling records, so he went you down know? there and he shot a music video. Yeah, for I'm bored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he ends up going on a TV show called Countdown, which was like an American Bandstand kind of thing, and uh, he gave a crazy ass performance. He was he was lip syncing, but he didn't even try to lip sync. He was sticking the microphone down his pants. He was like grabbing people out of the audience, <laughs> grabbing girls. Yeah. Okay. He was very and, unpredictable. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, that show is considered one of the highlights of that whole show ever, like uh, anybody they ever had on. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, um, uh, 1980, he releases the album Soldier. And James Williamson and, and, and Bowie were going to be involved with this also, but it kind of fell apart. Uh, James Williamson and Bowie didn't get along at that point. They were arguing about everything from, you know, where the album was going to be recorded to the material. They just couldn't work it out. And Williamson ends up leaving. Uh, they always had that kind of relationship. They'd get together and then they would do great yeah, music. And yeah. then they well, would Iggy and Bowie were kind of like on one side yeah. and Williamson was on the other side. side. Yeah. You know, I'm sure there was a lot of egos going on there. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, that album... Uh, that's got uh, knocking them down in the city. I love that song. You know, five foot one, right? right? And uh, but the album bombed. Okay, that's a sick album cover too. He's got like his eyes are yeah. bloody bloodshot red on the cover and everything. But uh, 1981's Party would be the final album that he did on Arista. They would drop him after that because it didn't really sell. Uh, around that time, he wrote his autobiography. I need more. And he was uh, happy to have Andy Warhol do the yeah he did the intro the in intro to it yeah. Andy Warhol was a big Iggy fan he knew him you know from even before the studio they met they met in, in early, Michigan the, right in the late sixties the, the Plastic and Edible tour yep yep and they uh, went and saw the Velvet Underground yeah and he he was still James Osterberg James Osterberg he wasn't using the Iggy Pop name at that point and he had a quick little affair with uh, Nico, Nico at that yeah. time yep. Who didn't? Mm, who, exactly. <laughs> I know shit. If I was around, I would have fucking done it. Uh, definitely. Definitely. Knockout. Um, 1982, they re he releases Zombie Birdhouse. Chris Stein from Blondie had started his own label, and it was called Animal Records. And he signed them just for this one-off thing called Zombie Birdhouse. It's an interesting album. Uh, not one of my favorites. Wasn't very well received at the time. But it's kind of, uh, it stood the test of time. I actually was listening to it yesterday. There's some interesting tracks on there. He, he was getting in... He, he actually uh, went down to Haiti uh, during that time with Chris Stein. And okay. Stein was, uh, was uh, at that point, he was very interested in voodoo 
and Haitian culture. And the um, the album cover is actually and zombies, zombies, <laughs> right? And the, the album cover is actually uh, like a Haitian painting type thing, like uh, yeah. men and women with you know carrying shit, and, you know, like almost Egyptian looking, but it's it's Asian. Um, the album did not sell, unfortunately, um, but thing you know Iggy Iggy was still struggling with drugs okay he really couldn't stay straight um, and at the time Bowie was concerned about him so Bowie released uh, the Let's Dance album Let's Dance and it was on that that he had recorded China Girl China Girl and released it as a single mm-hmm. now it became a top 10 hit huge yeah. hit and more people know that version probably than Iggy's yeah. version yeah. but because Iggy had you know, co-writing credits of that song. When yeah. that album sold millions, he got a piece. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and Bowie would do it for him again in uh, 1984's album Tonight. Okay. There was some uh, tracks from Lust for Life and The Idiot yep. that he recorded on there as well. So those two albums sold really well for Bowie. And, you know, some of the royalties went to Iggy. Yeah, of course. And it was, you know, he, he used that opportunity to get clean. And he also took some acting lessons something he yeah. was starting to get interested in. You know, he's in that new Bill Murray movie. Yes, yeah. the zombie flick. The zombie right? flick is, is it out yet or it's coming out? It's out already. Oh, yeah, yeah. I check that Some out. people saw it and they say it's shit, but I, you know what? I don't care. I'm, I'm going to go see it. See it. I'm gonna so see when it. I so I got in, the first time I ever saw Iggy Pop was in a John Waters movie called Cry Baby. I love that movie. Love that movie. And he movie. plays Uncle Uncle Belvedere. Uncle Belvedere. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I remember when, being when a kid. When, when he first, is, I got to interrupt you, when he was first coming on the screen, and, and, and the guy's in the bathtub. Yeah, he's, he's and he in goes, the little tub. He, he goes, You caught Iggy, me in my birthday Iggy, suit. First time you see Iggy in the movie, he's in a metal round tub. With a brush. T- with a brush. And his feet are hanging out. Yeah. And he's getting going, like, You caught me <laughs> in my birthday suit. <laughs> <laughs> naked. But that's the first, that was the first time I ever saw Iggy Pop. As yeah. a kid, because my, my that was a great movie. That was Johnny a good movie, Depp. and, and yeah. his his part. Johnny, in it. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was it. And his uh, there's a scene in the, in the movie where they're doing the the their like little party for the summer. Yeah, and Iggy's dancing. Yes, and it's just so yeah. Being a kid, seeing that, it's like wow, this guy's fucking cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then the definitely. name stood out for me, but that was um, I don't know if that was his first movie. You, were, but you know what we I, should do? Well, he was involved with Repo Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. What were you going to say? You know what we should do? Um, I think we should watch... Um, we should do a show on the cartoon of um, the movie of oh, yeah. Heavy Metal. Well, oh, he did, that's he, such an iconic... And American Pop. Those yeah. Two. Well, he, yeah. Did, he did do a, a, an animated... With him and Lou Reed did uh, saying... Um, I forgot yeah. the name. What's the name of that movie? Oh, shit. I don't remember. He did a bunch of little animated things. Um Gotta look that up. Okay. Um, yeah, let's, let's see. <laughs> in the because, meantime, because it's and I know it's it's <laughs> Lou Reed, him, and I think Debbie Harry. Well, let me look at that movie. Yeah. Drug. Well, you know, we're talking about his movies. In 1984, he got involved with uh, the soundtrack for Repo Man. Yeah. And Repo Man's a great movie. That that yeah. movie still holds up, and he did the title track to it. Uh, at that point, uh, 1984, 1985 or so, rock and roll. Rock and Roll, that's rock right. And rock roll. and Roll, Lou Reed and, and, and Iggy Pop, Iggy the Pop. animated What thing. was it? What was it, a movie? Or a, it's, a car- it? it's, it's like a, a short. weird cartoon. Yeah. Like it, an animated. It's, but they both contribute as, as like for some songs. Or yeah, 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 yeah. Um, 1986, he recorded the Blah 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 album. Which was like, in, wasn't Steve Jones... Nope, that's the next one. Okay. Okay. Uh, he had signed to A&M at that point, uh, and blah, blah, blah was considered kind of like a new wave-ish kind of thing. Bowie was involved again. There was a couple of tracks on there, Cry for Love, Real Wild Child. Real Wild Child. Real, yeah. that's, that's yeah, still, that was the hit on that. That was album. the hit, yeah, yeah. I saw him on that tour. That was the first time I ever saw Iggy. That was like 86 at the Ritz, and you can actually see that show on YouTube. Um, I'm in the audience there somewhere. But um, it was, you know, an interesting album for him. A lot of, a lot of his hardcore fans, I think, didn't like it because it was a little more keyboard-oriented yeah. and stuff like that. But I think there was some good songwriting on there. Uh, and it kind of brought him to the MTV generation right. because some of those, the, the Real Wild Child and the, the video for Cry for Love, that was actually played quite a bit. Yeah. You know? Um, it actually charted that album to number 75 on the Billboard Top 200, which was his highest 
at that point, you know. Uh, he needed to follow up that album. Uh, he toured heavily on it for about a year or so. Uh, so 1988, he releases Instinct. Now, this would be a complete 180, and he would get back into a heavier, Stooges-esque kind of sound. Steve Jones, Steve was, Jones was, Sex invo- was playing guitar on that. He was involved with some of the songwriting, I believe. Uh, he also had Andy McCoy uh, from Hanoi Rocks on guitar on that tour, and uh, Alvin Gibbs from the UK from Subs, the UK play, subs. playing bass. Yeah. Uh, I what saw him on that tour too. Yeah, that. that's lineup. like the yep. punk lineup right there. That's you have the Godfather perfect, perfect punk, perfect punk lineup. You the Godfather yep. punk, and you have the Sex Pistols guy, Steve Jones, and you have the UK Subs, and that's just the yeah. I mean, they were playing with their heroes. I mean, that, yeah, yeah, they absolutely. were. I mean, it, it, for them, that must yeah. have been amazing. That's what I feel like. I, I think that's how Iggy, uh, how David Bowie should, probably felt when, when they were doing Station to Station. He's like, holy shit, I'm playing keyboards with my hero because that was Yeah, his, with all the people yes, that he always yeah. wanted to. But you know what? David Bowie, actually, he produced a he lot helped, of He helped he a, a lot, he of, helped people. A lot he helped, of people yeah. that, that he admired their music it, yeah. and he saw them kind of having problems. Lou Reed, yeah. okay, yeah, exactly. Iggy. And and turn their careers around. The guy, the guy was like, had a Midas touch, you know. Really, everything he touched turned to gold. Yeah, especially those early years. He's almost like the like in rap. You got Dr. Dre. He'll yeah. take a fucking shit, motherfucker, turn it to gold. Yeah, you know, <laughs> there's, there's always people like that. There's a good book about the about the Berlin years. Yeah, out there, with David Bowie. It's it, it's I forgot who wrote it, but I, I read it in, in um, high school. It was really. That, those Berlin years are very interesting, and, and there's a, a that's their best period. For one of my favorite stories about that 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 time of theirs, it was like New Year's Eve. I don't know if it was like 1977, if it was coming 1977 or 78. I don't Around remember. That time. Bowie and Iggy went to a punk club in Berlin. Yeah, and they built a fake Berlin Wall. And at the stroke of midnight, all these punks destroyed, destroyed the, wall. the wall. And they all yeah. started they all started crying and hugging each other because, you know, like yeah. they missed their family from the east. Right. And uh, Iggy and, and Bowie are just sitting there watching that. And I'm like, that's that should that must have I been mean, fascinating. You know, the, to the, see. The, the, the Berlin Wall concept, I mean, of, of like something like that, and even like in uh, the Sex Pistols, Holidays in the Sun. Yeah. Okay, the mentioning of the Berlin Wall. I wonder if people even get that today. Like, yeah. if they hear the, 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 the idea of how fucked up that was. That was fucking well, crazy. I saw yeah. this, there was this interview where Iggy Pop was saying when they were recording Lust for Life. The studios right by the Berlin Wall. They can see the wall, so they can see like the soldiers, the soldiers would walk walking, and wave to yep. them, wave to them through the window. What a the place to record a record, man! Right? Yeah, that gotta be funny. Yeah. That's like iconic record place yeah. to do. You know, you do your album. That, 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 that um, the Berlin Wall is like fucking yeah. holy shit. That, that Instinct album is one of my personal favorites of, of Iggy's too. Uh, Cold Metal. Well, I can listen year, to that song. What year was it that the Berlin Wall came down? Eighty nine. Eighty nine. You know who was who was in town playing when the Berlin Wall came oh. down? The Ramones. The Ramones. Wow. Yeah, there's pictures of them uh, sticking their hands through the holes that they were hammering through and shaking hands with people on the other side That's and awesome. everything. Yeah, I mean they were there. Too. They saw it happen. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Nineteen ninety, Iggy would put out another, another album called Brick by Brick. Uh, this was a. a a bit of a commercial effort yeah. by him, but it has some good, solid songs on it. Uh, if you remember Homeboy, right? Home, really called Home. Uh, there was that video of him, like he's like a homeless dude, like living in a shopping cart, you know, and all that. Uh, he would have Slash from Guns N' Roses. I remember that, that playing, video, yeah. yeah. Uh, that album was produced by Don Was, who had done work with the Talking Heads and, and other people. Um, it was a commercial effort. MTV played the shit out of it. I remember that. Uh, you had songs like I said, "Home," "Butt Town" was one, and then you had "Candy." Candy, that's a great Kate, one. Candy's a great. Kate Pearson, right? Yeah. Kate Pearson from B Fifty Two's backing vocals, and I, and I think this it, that song has it's to a be straight about, up. It's a straight up duet. It has to be about Candy, darling. I that, that's what I I've I always, always that. yeah. It's possible. I don't know if he was ever involved with her. I don't recall. That, but he must have known her, right? Being part I of the think, I think they they know. They, they must have known because they all, they all hung out at Max's at the time, you yeah. Know? And um, I, I, for me, I'll, every time I hear that song, I feel like it's about Candy Darling. But no, Kate Pearson was an excellent choice for for the yeah, like great said, voice. Like a duet. Oh, she yeah. did have she's an amazing. I still I, I yeah. still enjoy her, her what she's doing. I still I follow her on the on. And that that song will go top forty, mm-hmm. and it, it still is only top forty single. Wow. In America. And the video's really good. Yeah, the video's great. Um, now, one thing I... When you mentioned the video, I never knew until that video came out, and that was about 1990, I never knew that he played left-handed guitar. 
Oh, no? Yeah, you, you see him, he's sitting there, you know, he's got no shirt sure, on, of course. Yeah, his yeah. typical Iggy outfit, and he's playing an acoustic guitar, but it's the other way, and I'm like, oh shit, he's lefty, I had no idea, never knew that. I um, didn't know that either. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like Paul McCartney's lefty, right? Paul McCartney mm-hmm. plays lefty, yeah, except if, if that's really him. Is that really well, him? <laughs> <laughs> we won't get into that today. Uh, 1992, he would, he would uh, collaborate with White Zombie. And he would do the intro to their song Black Sunshine, oh, which uh, I always kind of liked that. That was a cool video. Which too. album was that one? Uh, Sex or Sisto or something. So what is that album called? Something like that. Uh, it's where he, that, that, there's like Mustang, that black Mustang driving yeah. that in the video. And, and Iggy's like just talking about, yeah. you know. Uh, 1993, he would make the American Caesar album. There was that song Wild America that was sort of a hit. Uh, then he'd strike gold because in 1996 the movie Train Spotting would come out. Right. That was a great movie. And they, I mean, Lust for Life was used throughout the film, and it kind of propelled yeah. Iggy back into you know really into the mainstream. Yeah, it brought, it brought people's interest yeah. into the early solo 70s stuff. Yeah. Lust for Life, the right, album, that that, that mid 70s period. Uh, and if you remember the film, that there's parts where they're talking about Iggy playing live. They're going to the concert. Right, right. There's, a, there's one of the guys had like a, the raw power poster in his in his it, room, and you can see it. It's funny because I mentioned that I saw him do Joy Division songs. There's that story that when Ian Curtis, when Ian Curtis hung himself, he had the idiot playing playing. Ooh, oh, man, uh, that I didn't know. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Had Iggy playing. But anyways, yeah. So yeah, um, yeah that train spine comes out and then Iggy pops everywhere. Yep. Lust for Life. I think don't they didn't they do a video for yeah. Lust for Life? There's a video that? for Lust for Life and they had scenes from the movie put into the video and it really just that song all of a sudden you started hearing it at hockey games, right. and, you know, baseball games. It's, it's, it's over it's a completely that song is a very commercial like that's a lot but, of the movie. But it it, it, it it's there's funny so many because different it, version. It, it, there's well, there's only one version of the song, and it just people caught up with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it always had that sound. It's just that I mean, all the, of a sudden it became yeah. It just became it, like something to hear it. It's a fucking commercial for a cruise ship. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. what yeah. a cruise right. ship yeah. though. The world, like, whatever, world Caribbean. Right. It's not fun. Like, right. What the fuck? Do you yeah. know? So apparently, there's um, Raymond Zarek. Yeah, had some involvement with Lust for Life. This is what I heard. I didn't notice. And this was an interview I, I saw. I, uh, I actually read from Raymond Zarek. He bailed Iggy out of jail. <laughs> when it, it was like the in the seventies, yeah. and then that it, Iggy was wearing a dress when he got him out of jail. Oh, you know what? Raymond Zarek asked him, "Why are you wearing a, a, a woman's dress?" And yeah. Iggy Pop goes, "I beg your pardon. This is a man's dress because he's a man." <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if you know anything about the, the Raymond Zarek's involvement with Iggy Pop, any kind of for lust for life. Because I know that Iggy was reading a lot of Morrison poems yeah. when he was writing that record. So I don't know if you know. Because I tried looking it up, and, and I could only find that one interview of Raymond Zarek getting yeah. him out. And then he said that, like, people were like, well, you're working with Iggy Pop, you got to be careful. He's like, I worked with the Lizard King himself. Yeah. So I think I know what I'm yeah, doing. Yeah, he had no worries. He, yeah, he's not so I don't worry know if, if you know any, any of the collaboration I, I, with Raymond Zarek I had, and Iggy. No, I, I've never heard about the two of them collaborating. It's very possible. Very possible. I mean, I'd I mean be, there could be some demos out there right. or something. Who knows? I mean, Maybe I it'll hope, come I'll, up. i gotta look, I got to do more research on it because I remember reading that years yeah. ago. I mean, Iggy was a huge Morrison fan, yeah. so there's probably, I'm sure they met and you know, discussed things. Yeah. Um... So 1996, uh, they would release uh, "Naughty Little Doggy." I got that would be gas. that would be uh, an album. Oh, sorry. And uh, there was a single on that called "I Want to Live." Uh, 1999, he would do the Avenue B album. Okay, oh, yeah, that was an interesting album. He was actually kind of yeah. like crooning. Uh, it was somewhat uh, a little bit jazz influenced and stuff. There was a track on there I like called "Nazi Girlfriend." Okay. Well, I mean, you gotta remember he I was. I got a, a Nazi girlfriend. He was a jazz. <laughs> he started out as a jazz drummer. Yeah, you know, I mean, so it, one one thing that's kind of forgotten. You gotta like really dig into the whole history of of the Detroit scene, really, because it wasn't just Iggy. It was uh, the MC5 also were very interested in free jazz and stuff like that. 
Uh, even Lou Reed. Yeah. Lou Reed was a huge uh, Ornette Coleman fan, uh, uh, other, you know other jazz artists. I think artists. next week we should do the MC5. What do you think about that? Well, we're going to do Patti Smith next week. Oh, yeah. We got Audrey. Oh, yeah, Adriana. That's right. Yeah, we got a yeah, special guest. Yeah, yeah. she. Uh, Speaking right. of she'll be coming so, in to so do So, you the, figure I'm going to. So, we're going to do Patti Smith next, next And then the following week, we do MC5. What do you think? Sounds good. That gives us enough time to get a lot of information. Yeah, sure. yeah, a lot yeah. Of notes. definitely. There's definitely. A, the, the, the punk festival com, uh, going on in, in Tennessee. I really want to go to. Uh, Cox Fires headlining. Uh, yeah. The Dam is going to be there. The Addicts and the MC5. When is that? When is it? It's in September, oh. but it's the new MC5. I, I remember when... when MC50. Yeah, they're there you go. It. MC50. <laughs> That's what they're calling it. Yeah, because it's 50 years. I remember I, was, I went to... It's Bleak, really just Wayne Kramer. I went to Bleecker Bob's once, and everyone... I never had a that guy was some, That guy was a fucking motherfucker. No one yeah, liked him, but he never really... But he I had remember, no personality. But once... I, I remember I never bought shit when I went there. I would just go to look, and he had an MC5 shirt on. And I was like, oh, cool shirt. And he's like, how old are you? And oh, I was testing you. Yeah, I was like, I'm old enough to know who MC5 is. He's like, how old are you? I was like, I'm 20. He's like, holy shit. Because people usually go, oh, I like, what's Mick 5? I'm like, no. I know who the MC5 is, Bleaker Bob. Anyways. That's like <laughs> Max's Kentucky Fried Chicken. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it was around the, the Avenue B album in 99 uh, that... Uh, Iggy would, would leave New York. He used to live on B, uh, right by the Seven B. Yeah, but he, 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 he used to go. He got they got a great picture of him in Seven B. Yeah, a great picture in the back. If you look at this, oh a yeah, great yeah, picture yeah, yeah, of yeah, him yeah. there hanging I've seen out. It, I've seen it. You know, I got you talk about this for a second. I used to see Iggy walking around. Okay, uh, two good stories I always like to, to mention. Uh, I used to have an apartment on at, at two fifty nine East Tenth Street between First and A. And uh, one time, it was a Saturday afternoon, just a normal day. I was doing laundry across the street in the laundromat right there. And I was listening to Raw Power, like, all day long. And uh, I went to, like, put my shit in the dryer or something. And, and who's I come out of my fucking building, and, and I see Iggy Pop and his wife. He had that hot Japanese wife for a little while. Yeah. Walking down the street. And I'm like... Iggy, man, I'm like, I'm just listening to you upstairs, you know? He's like, oh, cool, man. You know, nicest guy you ever want to talk to. He's, you know, he call stopped, me Jimmy. Call me yeah, Jimmy. He, he, st- he stopped, uh, you know, bullshit me for five minutes. It was cool. And then, he, I, and then I, used to, I used to see him also at the Continental. Yeah, that was a spot. I was going to bring that yeah, up. Yeah. So apparently he would go to Continental and just start singing and shit. Yeah, he would dancing. show up like just and, as and, a surprise. And people would get used to it. They were like, oh, that's, he does that. He comes in here and he does yeah. a one-man show. That's and then, almost like and they, they had a big picture rainbow room. If you go to the rainbow <laughs> yeah. room, there's a lot of times you'll see Lemmy playing the Megatouch. Right, yeah. right. I, you know, I used to see the Waldos all the time at the Continental. And one time they were on stage. Stage, packed house, and I'm up front watching them. And I turn around for a second, fucking Iggy Pop standing right behind me. I'm like, hey, what's up? <laughs> the one, like, the, the one awesome. person I saw in Continental was Joey Ramon. Joey Ramon was guy, always there. He was always there. Yeah, he lived across Ramon the street. Band, so he had the Joey Ramon pretend. It's, yep, cra- yep. it's crazy what happened to that to that block right there. Because I, I walked by it. It's gone. It's gone. It's all gone. It's gone. McDonald's all gone. They're putting up an office. But it's there. insane that 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 you know all these legends, New York rock legends, not even that, but punk legends. You know who's supposed to use what building's going to I think it's like a Microsoft building that's going yeah. up. Something I think like something that. like that, yeah. Because that's the one thing St. Mark's needs. Yeah, exactly. you know? yeah of course. But you know what? It's not what they need. It's going to bring more people better for the bars and stuff because some of these people will go have a drink. It's, okay for, it's okay for the bars, but it doesn't do anything for the music scene. Right. You know, but when you keep losing more venues, that's oh, yeah, the problem. Of course. Yeah, of course. You know? But New York, you know, New York is not a music venue no more. It used to be. There's not that many. There's a lot of like but big I, concert hall places. No, thing. that is a bad thing. I mean, they, no, but the problem is, I you, think, know, you know what? Nobody's taking on anything good. Here's the thing. With, it's a lot of shit Mike, coming out. It's shit. I don't know if you can agree with me on this, Mike. Um... I was a little too young for Coney Island uh, high, but oh, like, that was great. That was a great place. Yeah. I feel when CB's closed, I felt that really was the fucking downfall, because after that, like you know, but you lost Kenny Castle. You lost a bunch yeah, of Yeah, Ken- I was, I was yeah, there. I, mean, I, I was at the Lake, last. Lake, CB's was Lake, like a, Lakeside that, Lounge. Also that, that, used to have yeah, Lakeside Lounge yeah. was great, but like I felt, and I don't know if this is 
Because no, I, I agree. I, I, don't, I, I don't feel disagree like that, that was the downfall right there because then everything started fucking closing. Yeah. And then like I know it's not related, but as Mars far, Bar no, and like no. As far as I'm concerned, the city should have protected CBGB. Well, they tried, but but Hilly. But but you know, si- but the city the let, city and him were fighting. Let, no, but let me tell you. That guy was a fucking idiot. No, I know. He should have buy, buy the building. Yes. Hilly he should have buy the building where he yeah. had a chance that CBG would have been there. He had a chance to buy the he building. Had, he had yeah, enough he, money. Yeah, he, he did. He had enough money. He had enough money. He had money. He just... Yeah, but like... Stupid. It, because, because of... Um, all right, then. Because Jeez. of... Um, anyways, we're off topic here. <laughs> but um, <laughs> So, like, so the t- 2000s... I feel, than a motherfucker. <laughs> I got so when I was getting more into music, it was around 1999, 2000, and then um, there was this uh, kind of like re kind of interest in glam rock, yeah, because of the Velvet Goldmine movie that came out. Yeah, that's true. And then um, PBS had this really cool documentary about rock and roll. I think it was called Rock and Roll and Oral History, and. Um, I remembered um, there was this band called the Strokes that everyone went yeah. shit for, yep, yep, yep. and they kind of brought people's interest into the Velvet Underground because they were big Velvet yep. Underground fans, and then that kind of sparked more interest in with uh, Iggy Pop and Bowie. Yeah. So look, you it, know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna shit on the Strokes here. I don't like the Strokes right. first off. Um, the first album, it, it kind of was of its time. Came out 2001. Uh, that song, what, Last Night? Right? Yeah, that was their that, hit. That was that, their and hit. that actually was like in the top 10 during 9 11. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, it kind of was of its time. It, I thought that band was going to do something for the scene. Uh, you know, for years the, the New York scene was dwindling. But those guys just turned out to be a bunch of fucking posers. Well, they, they, right. they look like fucking you know, 70s stoners. You, know, yes, you want to hear something fake. funny? It, it, it was bullshit. Well, they're rich you kids. You want to hear something yeah. funny? They're fucking yeah. rich kids. I used to, um, when I when I ran, well, Cheap Shot, that you, it's now where the heart swallows. Yeah. Yeah. The, the lead singer, Connor, for Bright Eye, lived up top of me. Yeah. And he was, at one point, he was banging that guy, um, Jay, um, the, the actor. Uh, Jay, um, he played the Joker. What's the fucking name? That guy, Jay Leno? Jay Jared Leto. Jared Leto. Jared, Jared Leto. Jared Leto. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. He was fucking... And then he was also banging Renoir Ryder at one point, too. Renoir Ryder. So I would see these people go up to his apartment, and then he would bring him down to there, the, and then the, like groups like the Strokes, the Jets would all come by, seven be hanging... I mean, um, uh, uh, cheap shots, shots hang yeah. out and get fucked up, and people would be like... What the fuck? <laughs> oh, man. One Thanksgiving, the tour bus stopped right in front of the bar, and the, yeah. like twenty-five motherfuckers get out, and it's Connor, and his crew, and all the oh, bright man. eyes, and all these, and they were just, they, they just got back, and they had, to, I had like a turkey in the bar, we all fucking eating and drinking and getting yeah. fucked up, yeah. And I think the bar never closed that day. I think we were open for twenty-four hours or something. <laughs> right? awesome. Nobody cared. The cop, nobody cared. I, I got, I got wrecked in there a few times. Uh, okay, so two thousand and one. Uh, Iggy puts out an album called Beat 'Em Up, and this is actually a pretty good fucking album. That, that one song, Mask. Mm-hmm. You know, you're wearing a mask, and I remember like he he goes on the David Letterman show and With, does. Yeah. Sorry, I don't. Yeah, didn't he have broccoli around his neck? Yeah, okay. yeah, he's wearing like some I, fucked up shit. <laughs> I actually, I had yeah. that. I recorded that, and he's jumping around doing you know the Iggy dance all over the place. And let him. There's like one part where Letterman's like, huh? Like, he's just like <laughs> There's also a great video I, I posted it on my Facebook last night of, uh, of Iggy doing that song Mask in Germany I never saw this before It was the first time I ever saw it And it was a, it was a sick performance Because uh, you have all these German people Being all prim and proper you know, they and just, then you got this and, guy and, and, and he's, his and he's, mind Yeah and he's just like you know, Getting get in their face in the audience And they're just like They don't say nothing You know uh, 2003, he comes out with the album Skull Ring, Ring, which I thought was a great album. I that bought was it. I loved yep, it. I yep, remember yep. buying it. I remember getting it. And when it, it was first it came was out. it was an interesting album because it was an album of really collaborating with all kinds of people. You had him collaborating with uh, Green Day, uh, Sum 41, 41, Peaches. Okay, yeah, there's yeah. that there's that track Motor In. Um, it, there, this is also when the Stooges kind of reunited. That was right. That's, that's there, when they there were. was there was a couple of tracks with Ron and Scott Ashton on it, and this was the time when you know 
you were starting to hear that there's going to be a Stooges reunion. And it was, I guess, Iggy was smart. I guess he did it as like a trial run yeah. on this album. He did it on a, on a, he did a tour. That's how they reunited, right? Right. right. I mean, no, no, a festival. They it was, a, a, it was a, fe- festival. yeah, like, like a Lollapalooza or yeah. something like that. He was part of it. And, uh, you know, when Ron and Scott came out and they had already recorded these, out, these songs for the album, it just clicked. And they said, all right, we're going to put the band yeah. back together. They made like a formal announcement. I got into all that last week. That was the, uh, the Stooges reunion stuff in the 2000s. Now, <laughs> Iggy would be busy with that for like 10 years. Okay. But in 2009, he released an album called Preliminaries. Uh, it's an interesting album. It's, some of it's in French. It's based on a, a French writer's book. Uh, uh, the guy's name is uh, Mikel Hulebeck. And the book is called The Possibility of an Island. And it's an interesting album. Uh, it's jazz-influenced. Uh, like I said, some of the songs you hear Iggy singing in French, which I, I just find it interesting. I wouldn't care about anybody else doing it, just him, you know? Yeah. Uh, and he would be busy with the Stooges still at that point. Um, until 2016, when he came out with the post-pop depression album. Yeah. And I think this is probably his best album since the 70s. As far as I'm concerned, right. uh, he, he started collaborating with Josh Hom from the uh, Queens, Queens of the Stone, Stone Age, Age yeah. and Eagles yeah. of Death Metal. I love a Queen of the Stone and Age. Hom had basically, you know, discussed it with Iggy and said, "Listen, you know, the, the period I love the most from you is that idiot uh, lust for life period. Let's yeah, that, do those, something. Those let's great. do something in that style, <clears throat> you know." And Iggy absolutely agreed, and. Uh, he was actually 68 years old at that point. He comes out with that album. And okay. Bowie, had ju- Bowie had just passed away. Bowie had just passed away. You know what's funny? Bowie released an yeah. album like that week Two days before, before like, he died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Dark Star. On his birthday. Yeah. yeah, on his yeah. birthday. Yep. Yeah. That's, a, that's a tough album to listen yeah. to. The, you if know? you see that video, that he, that yeah. video, that the last video Lazarus, is so yeah. creepy. Lazarus, it's like, yeah, the he's song like Lazarus. laying, like he's well, he, like he, dying. He knew he was dying. And he really doesn't show his face much in that video. No, no. Uh, th- that whole album, when you listen to the Black Star album, it's oh, like it's, it's like uh, he's just saying goodbye. Yeah, yeah. He's you know, there's goodbye. lots of references to his old songs. There's a reference to Space Oddity right. and yeah. stuff like that. But you know, Iggy Iggy would come out with the post pop depression, and uh, it would be his biggest selling album in America. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, uh, it became his first top twenty album in the United States, and. Uh, they're saying, you know, he, he basically said that's probably going to be my last album. Yeah, he said no more. Yeah, no so, more tours. And, but, you know, who knows? Maybe, you never know. You know but I, here's, here's what's crazy. Out of, out of those three guys, the, these three guys of rock and roll, the, the way they change things, he out, it's crazy that he outlived Bowie and Lou. Yeah. It's crazy because he had more of a crazier lifestyle. Like, he was more just like... Did he do more drugs than Lou? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. know. No, but maybe like, it was the like kind of drugs. Was, but, it, it was but, his, but you know, the thing is, he's also like probably was in the best shape out of all those guys. Well, yeah. He got well, like zero that. fat. Yeah, like uh, his body uh, he is he like old. Amazing uh, physique. Physique, yeah. He's, he's like fucking it. cut up still. Yeah. So he's not like. It's like, what the hell do you do to get like that? He's like all cut up. I can't picture even, him working out. It's got to be yeah. natural. <laughs> I don't know. It's got to be natural. <laughs> oh, who knows? Maybe he trains. Maybe he does yoga. Who the hell knows? Well, he probably does something to keep himself. You know, limber going, you know, yeah, going. Yeah. But uh, I saw him. Uh, I think it's a um, mutilation. Cutting yourself is shit. Keep you alive. Yeah. <laughs> Breaking a bottle over yourself. Yeah. Cut, cut, uh, <laughs> I saw him uh, losing your two front teeth. I took my wife to to see him uh, in March of 2016. They got to the United Palace up in Washington Heights. Oh yeah, and really that was an amazing show. Uh, my wife had never seen him before, and you know. Five minutes into the show, he's in the audience. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, you know, no shirt on. I mean, he's sixty-eight fucking years old at that point, twenty sixteen. He still okay. looks fantastic. I mean, they were they were emphasizing that post-pop depression album and the idiot and lust for life tracks. That was basically everything. He didn't really do Stooges, uh, nothing like that. It was just his solo material from that point. And the the band was great. Josh Hom was playing great guitar. They were wearing like. Uh, He's like red velvet, uh, you know, like a smoking jacket kind of look, you know, like a backing band with him. And, you know, I loved it, man. And, it, you know, I, 
he had a long career. Is he is he done? I don't know. I mean, you never know. He might he might pull something. Yeah, else. you never know. You know, Iggy, you he's know. got that that young, sexy, hot wife down in Miami. He met her on a plane. She was a stewardess. <laughs> there you go. She wanted to ride the Iggy, <laughs> the Iggy train, <laughs> the Iggy train. <laughs> All right, so. I'm going to bring up the album of the week, and that'll be post-pop depression. Okay. Okay. And uh, like I said, it's probably going to be his last album. He said it was. Uh, he was talking to retiring. And, and the reason I picked that one is, it, 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 you know, for years, Iggy was putting out good albums. Yeah. Not great albums. But good albums. Good albums. Good to keep going. I, I was always a fan. I'd buy them, whatever. Try to see them live. But it was just something with this album, the collaboration with with uh, with Josh Hom, and the fact that it was a throwback to that, you know, best period of his solo career in, in you know the Berlin years. Uh, I think it's a must it's a must have kind of album if you're an Iggy fan, or even if you're not, you just want to kind of get introduced to him. It's a new you know it only came out three years ago, so it's nothing ancient, you know. But it's it's fucking great, man, and I think you you, know, you should all have it. Um, We've got some upcoming shows to talk about. Uh, two quick ones here. On Friday, uh, DRI is playing the Marquee Theater up on 46th Street. Uh, old hardcore band, thrash, speed metal kind of stuff. Uh, their earliest stuff I like a lot. You know, uh, I haven't seen them in years. I don't know if I'm going to go, but definitely. You ever see DRI? Yes, I have. Dirty Rotten Imbeciles. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I have. And uh, Saturday the 29th next week, uh, the Woggles are playing Coney Island, baby. I like this band. They're kind of like a, a garage rock 60s-style band. Um, and next week, we're going to talk Patti Smith. All right. Okay, we're going to bring in uh, Audriana. Uh, she's the singer to Broken Time Machine. Uh, all of us know her also as the bartender at The Hard Swallow. Hard so I'm looking forward to that, man. And um, these are going to start doing that um, that live music on Tuesday night, that glam thing that he did. The live music at the Hard School. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It. So yeah, you're yeah. going to be doing those Tuesday shows once in a while. Yeah. So, you know, that's like a little venue for a little live music. Yeah. New and coming people, uh-huh. you know, which is uh-huh. not bad. There's not that many venues a, anymore, so yeah. wherever you could see live music, yeah. go. I have a funny way to end this. Um, so yeah, Old Ibar had, had the idiot on the jukebox. Yeah. Right. And then one day, me, you know, me and Molly were having lunch at Grafton, and then we went to Old Ibar, and Dum Dum Boys was playing. And then I go up to Brett, and I pointed towards the jukebox, and I go, is this the idiot? And, right, and I was pointing at this big-ass guy, and Brett was like, oh, shit. And I was, I was looking at Brett like, what? And then I go, you know, idiot by Iggy Pop? And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then when the guy left, he's like, dude, you called that guy an idiot. I was like, no, the album, the idiot. Fucking idiot. Fucking idiot. Well, it was, it was, the album was named after the Dostoevsky. Yeah, uh, which book, I'm a big fan right? of Dostoevsky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's funny. That's yeah, funny. Iggy, had, besides music, he loves, he loves literature. I, Iggy's a well-rounded dude. I mean, he's, he's into a lot of things, whether it's, it's film, music, literature, you know, yeah. he's also into like uh, history and all yeah. kinds of he stuff. He loves animals. Yeah. Animals, yep. Yeah. Hot so, black chicks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, guys, I think this was a good um, episode of uh, a lot of history. You guys gave us a lot of information about Iggy Pop. Yep, yep. Um, we also, um, next week, Patty Smith, and in two weeks, we got MC5. Right. Would you like to come fail for the MC5 or? Um. I'll have to think about it. I'm not the biggest MC5 fan, but yeah. I, I do know a shitload about him. So, well, it's always good having you. It's always good having you. Oh yeah, I love, I love you. being on. Thank you. Would yeah. you guys do the David Bowie one? I yeah, would love to be yeah, that one. We're definitely that's, doing that's, it. That'll definitely be two if, parts. And that'll probably be like I'm hoping to do that for the 25th episode. Like David Bowie, it's like that nice segue after all that stuff. Okay. Right. okay. And I think we gotta get in the habit of even doing some new stuff to try to get some new people that got new music. Even though I hate half of the shit that's out right now. Yeah, um, there's there's a few new bands I like. I, you know what? Uh, there's there's a, a band I want to give a shout out to that I've known since they started. Uh, back in 2010 There is a The gold face killer They're called, they're called the Mannequin Pussy Mannequin, mannequin when Pussy I, When I first saw them like, It was my good friend T-Bone it was, it was a two-piece band And then it became A three-piece band And now a four-piece band And they were actually On Rolling Stone's Top playlist 
of last month. So they're doing good for themselves. So if you guys have a chance to listen to, to Manic, are they Pussy, are they a two piece now? Or no, they're they're not. They have, they're a band. There's oh, a bass, a, a two guitarists, drummer, and a bassist. But if if you guys, I mean, their first album is my favorite. It's called um, uh, Gypsy Pervert. So like, okay, that's something new, and it's and they're they're doing good. So if you guys have a chance to listen to that, like I I I love it. I enjoy it. But yeah, it was a great show. I'm all, thank you for having me on. Anytime, you, know who, you know who's an interesting guy that we should have on the show one day? Um, mm-hmm. Sean Harrison. Yeah, oh, Sean, Sean Harris. Harris yeah, I think Sean yeah, Harris. Yeah, no, I think he'll be good. Sean, right? uh, I've talked to Sean yeah, about coming, should, him coming on the show. We should definitely have him. I'm yeah. just thinking right now of a future episode. Yeah, he's a, he's a he's a very knowledgeable you know music guy. Definitely. Yeah, I'll talk to him about that. So, guys, Boogie Libs. Fail, thank you. For, oh, Fail, how can we reach you? Uh, fail NYC at com. And on uh, Facebook? Facebook, uh, Jeff Faleskes. And um, Instagram? Uh, uh, fail NYC. I thought it was something with the poet. Yeah, there's the Hair Poet NYC for my, for my uh, hair stuff, but like personal uh, for like p- photography and poetry, Fail NYC Instagram. And Mike, how can we reach you? You can get me on Instagram, rockamike212 on Instagram, and rockamike3 on Twitter, and on Facebook under Michael Baker, B-A-K-E-R. Could, could I just put you over? Uh, I, I'm digging the song of the day. Song. But you do so many, like the song of the day, yeah. and you do so many, because you do one for Facebook, you do one yeah. for... You do one for Twitter. Yeah. It's like holy yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. I try to keep it interesting. You know, yeah. uh, sometimes I even do a part one, part two. Yeah, and, and then always the lumped up song of the night. The lumped up song <laughs> of the night, which is like holy shit. Yeah, it's great stuff you're doing. So uh, definitely follow him on Twitter. You got it's fascinating what he's doing on Twitter. It's pretty fucking. You're doing good and stuff. Facebook is really and the Facebook is Facebook you got to check. Um, we also uh, we you can also find us on. Our Heart Radio. We right now on Our Heart Radio. I really want to promote that because this could lead to great and bigger things. You know, Our Heart Radio. Um, I think I'm gonna have um, Tommy London on the Freak Show. Okay. On either Thursday, wow. so we're getting some. We're starting to get some real big people, some big yeah. name. Um, and um, I keep sending um, Kevin Smith some something. I would love to have Kevin, Kevin Smith, Smith just wow. to. I've been I've been talking to him on Twitter, saying him stuff. So. Let's see what happens. If I could get a guy like that, forget about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking with uh, Bobby Steele, possibly. Bobby Steele, yeah, that'd be on. good. Bobby Steele from the Misfits. Uh, that'd be good. So hopefully we can get that going, too. You should do yeah. a Misfits show. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Definitely do. You know. Um, so, people, remember. Don't, don't get, get drunk. drunk get, get lumped up. up.